재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Inviting an array of cultural luminaries to share and discuss books that have inspired and moved them Talk it up Welcome to the first episode of Talk It Up. During this segment, we'll invite an array of cultural luminaries to share and discuss books that have inspired and moved them. Joining us today are Amos Kim and Grace Oh. Amos is a lifelong fan of science fiction in all mediums, books, TV, and movies. Despite this, he absolutely does not believe in the existence of extraterrestrial life. He also thinks that anyone who does believe in intelligent aliens is a tinfoil hat-wearing conspiracy loon. Welcome back, Amos. Hello, thank you for having me back here. Yes, they're still crazy. I still don't believe in aliens. Grace has studied and is studying language education. Being one who has always loved to talk, she enjoys looking at different things from different aspects for good conversation. Considering herself to be in a constant stage of adaptation, she has finally become comfortable being a little different. Hi, Grace. Hello, and now I'm in the viewpoint that everyone's a little different. We're all, our, we're all very special snowflakes. Okay, so you don't have to... force yourself to feel okay but being I still, different. I still like feeling special. Okay. So I still want to be special, but everyone is special as well. Okay, great. So you guys have the honor of being guests on the inaugural episode of Talk It Up. Yay! Excellent, yay! Confetti everywhere! Yes, yay! Confetti everywhere. There's confetti everywhere in the studio right now. So share with us your aspiration for, for this show, starting with Amos. Um, I'd like to introduce books maybe that people haven't heard of. Um, This one especially, which is one of my favorites. I'm Mm -hmm. actually very excited to hear about or to talk about this one. Mm -hmm. So maybe, you know, recommend things to people. You know, sometimes it's hard to pick up on good books. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I hope I can be the kind of purveyor of As you are gesticulating madly. I am. I'm trying to. (laughs) People can't see this, but I am moving wildly. Okay. And Grace? Well, I think I would be the recipient of whatever he's throwing out because okay. I'm just going to receive it and I will give my own taste because okay. I think I have quirky ideas. If not so quirky, I'm trying. So please understand. Okay. So you'll be giving the opinions and he'll be bringing in the books. Yes. And okay. I will be giving nice opinions. I'll try. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. usually nice. I think you guys will make a really good combo. Okay. Yay. Excellent. Yay. More confetti. Yay. <laughs> oh, it's coming out of everywhere. <laughs> So the theme for this week's Talk It Up is pseudonyms. Many writers use them sometimes to hide their extremely successful identities and others to distance themselves from the writing that they're publishing for whatever reason. And the author of The Long Walk, which is this week's book, goes by the name Richard Bachman. Yes. Who's Bachman? Well, Bachman is a pseudonym of very famous author Stephen King. Mm -hmm. And so the point was... that you could only publish one book under a name at the time. And he's like, and as you know, if you follow Stephen King, he's so prolific. He writes thousands and thousands of pages every year. The publishers cannot keep up. They can't keep up. Uh And then he also wanted to try out to see if this was a fluke, if it was just name value, or if people would actually just enjoy the writing as it was. Mm -hmm. So let's listen to a clip of Stephen King talking about his genre and his writing process. Particularly in the horror genre, there are only three or four really good ideas, and we've all done them before, and it's really, okay, I mean, like, 
How many times in your life have you eaten eggs? But there's always a new way to fix eggs. And, you know, I look at it that way. You, the, you can always find a new way to do it. But, uh, I think that there are as many ideas as there are sort of probing talented minds to explore those ideas. People will say, do you keep a notebook? And the answer is, I think a writer's notebook is the best way in the world to immortalize bad ideas. Uh, <laughs> my idea about a good idea is one that sticks around and sticks around and sticks around. It's like, to me, it's like if you were to put breadcrumbs in a strainer and shake it, which is what the passage of time is for me. It's like shaking a strainer. All this stuff that's not very big and not very important just kind of dissolves and falls out. But the good stuff stays. You know, the big pieces stay. I really like that metaphor where he says the passage of time is like putting breadcrumbs through a strainer. <laughs> everything that's important stays, but everything else gets kind of drained away. That's true. But I don't know. There's still bread. I still like breadcrumbs that are really thin. So uh -huh. he says that there are bad ideas, but there could still be something great because every you know there is a treasure for every man's in every man's trash. Mm -hmm. One man's treasure is another man's trash. So mm -hmm. Stephen King, his trash, his trash is probably still pretty good. This is just me thinking out loud. Probably is. Yeah, you're probably yeah. right. So. You mentioned um, before we listened to the clip, Amos, that he could only publish one book per year. Can you tell us more about that? It was just the thing they didn't want to oversaturate a brand mm -hmm. with somebody's name. And then yes. because he has so many ideas and he's so prolific. He actually, I think the, his limit is at least six pages a day that he does. And he, he considers it a full-time job. He goes from morning till night, like an eight-hour job. He considers writing that much. He writes six pages yes. a day. Yes. Wow. He has to. And then he's had conversations with, uh, you know, George R.R. R. Martin, who uh -huh. can barely, like, do a word uh -huh. a week, maybe. Uh -huh. And then he's like, no, I do six pages. You have to do six pages. So uh, just to get his name out there, he would do this. And it's actually funny because... Um, he made this kind of backstory for this character, Richard Bachman, as well. So mm -hmm. his entire biography that he was, in, right, he right. was in the Marines and he lives, mm -hmm. in, lives with his wife and stuff like that. So he made right. this whole story behind him as well. Let's talk about the name Bachman. Where does the name come from? Okay, so um, Richard uh, was based off of one of his favorite authors. Mm -hmm. And Bachman was because he was, at the time he went to the publisher, they just asked him on the spot, make up a fake name. And he was just listening to the band uh, Bachman Turner Overdrive in his okay. car. Uh -huh. And he's like, Bachman? <laughs> like this. By the way, uh, Randy Bachman is from my hometown of Winnipeg. So oh. that's my connection to this book. Uh -huh. <laughs> Nationalistic right there. Also, uh, there is actually an image of Bachman in the books that he had. And people are wondering because it's not Stephen King, obviously. Wait, so there's an author photo. There's yep. actually a face. Oh, wow. And uh -huh. this person apparently, I believe, was one of the publishers. Uh -huh. I hope that he got a little bit, Stephen King got like approval for it. Because, you know, when you search Richard Bachman... It really comes out. There's this look that's very different. That's not Stephen King, and uh -huh. maybe there's someone out there who still believes that that person, <laughs> you know, is real. Actually, exists. Very possible. Uh huh. So tell us more about Bachman's biography. So the the writer or the publisher came up with a whole biography for Bachman. I think it was Stephen King himself. Because okay. what they asked from Stephen King was just give a name, a different name, since you have so many books out. You know, mm -hmm. you know, you want to 
try something. We want to, if you want to keep publishing your stories, you have uh-huh. to use a different name. So he had to make one on the spot. And right. I think he just the, had to be creative yes. and come up with a story for well, Bachman. He's always creative. We can uh-huh. already tell that. He made a whole story. You know, what was he doing? Where did he start? His wife, his kids, his whole family background, which is pretty interesting. You know, you, you could actually imagine this person. He has a face, a family, a story, and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, like you said, the, there's a backstory, and then he eventually was found out. Uh, this guy, this bookstore clerk from Washington D.C. Wow, kind of, how did that happen? He just read Bachman's books, and he's like, "This is really a lot like Stephen King." So uh-huh. he just went to the like the publisher, and then all in the legal documents, it just said Stephen King. Right. And and this is a funny story. So he contacted Stephen King. He's very nice about it. He didn't go to the press or anything, and he uh-huh. just asked Stephen King, "What should I do?" He's like, "You know what? I'll give you an interview and write an article about this and put it out there." But then later. Stephen King wrote this book called The Dark Half, where essentially this happens, but the alter ego ends up murdering the person who discovers oh, this scary. Oh, <laughs> it's scary. It's very passive-aggressive. He's like, no, no, it's uh-huh. fine. Oh, you found me out. Ha-ha. And he's like, wrote this book. He's like, oh, by the way, there's this book called This Guy uh-huh. Can't Keep His Mouth Shut. And here you go. You should read it. So did the bookstore owner publish a response to the book? I believe he wrote uh, just an article about it, and he uh-huh. got to interview Stephen King. And right, later, right. he saw this book where... Apparently, he was very angry. About okay. <laughs> but the thing was, it wasn't just one person who found it out. There were a few people who kind of, you know, caught the little, you know, caught the long tail that he had going on. And uh-huh. it, it was inevitable. I guess he can't really kill everyone who was going through it because that would really make big news. That would really make headlines. <laughs> right, right. So let's get into The Long Walk. What is it about? Um, it's a kind of dystopian book. Uh, the America has been taken over by a totalitarian government run by this guy called the Major. And every year, a uh, hundred teenage boys uh, participate in this thing called the Long Walk, which is they have a starting line in Maine, and then they keep walking until only one is alive, basically. Hunger Games. Basically, yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. Years and years before the Hunger Games came out. Right, yeah. right. Was that your thought when you when you read about the synopsis? Kind of. Well, I was going through the stories and it's like, this sounds awfully familiar. <laughs> wow, what's what's up with all this competition with, you know, representatives going through the end, striving uh-huh. for, well, a big prize, hopefully. Right. But, uh, it's... Uh. Wait, are the 100 teenage boys um, two from each state? Um I don't think so. I don't so. think so. I yeah. believe that it was more of like a raffle. You know, the okay. boys would probably like get the Hunger Games. Yeah, yeah. volunteer. <laughs> uh, yeah. I volunteer. So kind of like that. Uh huh. So they start in Maine mm-hmm. and and they keep walking until one remains. Do they get food? Can you tell us yes. more about the circumstances, rules of the game? So that's what's interesting about this is that they start walking and it's more of a mental challenge because mm-hmm. you can just walk and space out and they fall asleep several times and they're constantly just given food and water. So they have to, they have no worries about as far as their physical So it's being like goes. a marathon. Basically. Right, right. And if they have these warnings, so if they have to constantly walk at four miles an hour and if they slow down, and that's actually pretty fast, but I'll talk about that later. Uh-huh. Uh, they have to walk at four <laughs> miles an hour. Did you try it yourself? I, I didn't try it. Okay. I, I looked up a video online of somebody walking uh-huh. four miles and that's not walking. It's actually like a quite like a... A, a brisk walk. A jaunty like jog okay. almost, right? Uh-huh. And you, you have to keep doing this. If you slow down, you get a warning. Um, any kind of deviation from the path gets a warning. Interfering with the other uh, walkers gives you a warning. And after three, you get uh, your ticket pulled which is they find out they get shot by these kind of soldiers that are walking, driving along with them. Uh Right, so it's more of a mental challenge. Basically. So they get food and and other rules of the game? They can't interfere with anybody. Uh, Mm -hmm. You're also allowed to bring 
one like personal item. One boy, I think, brings his mom's cookies, which first I thought okay. was kind of ridiculous, but uh-huh. he eats them and he just remembers home, and it kind of gives it because it's like it's a mental race, so it kind mm-hmm. of gives him that. I, you can bring anything you want, I think, but you know you have to bring it with you while you're brisk walking, and mm-hmm. I guess it's not very smart to really have like a big backpack of your, <laughs> you know, your my treasures, <laughs> right, right. you know, and my computer or something like that, because uh-huh. it goes on for quite a while. I'm not sure, maybe I'm just not that. Athletic, but if I do brisk walking, I don't. I don't think I'd want anything. I don't want to hold anything or have anything drag me down. Because mm-hmm. you know, you buy a ticket, and you know, it's not good news. Right, right. I don't want that. So let's look at an excerpt, Amos. Uh, this is uh, basically somewhere in the middle of the book. He kind of sees one of his friends kind of go out of it, basically. So mm-hmm. he goes, "Why he's nothing but a robot, nothing but an automaton, really? Can there still be an Olsen in their hiding? No, he's gone." I'm quite sure that the Olsen who sat in the grass and joked and told about the kid who froze at the starting line and bought his ticket right there, that Olsen is gone. This is a dead clay thing. Olsen, he whispered. Olsen walked on. He was a shambling haunted house on legs. Olsen had fouled himself. Olsen smelled bad. Shambling haunted house on legs. That kind of sounds like me after 10 hours of hiking. Yes. You're just on, you're an automaton just walking, walking, walking. Yeah, and that, that line, I, I read this book originally several years ago, and that line always stuck with me. Like, just like this, that image of a ghost uh-huh. living in the shell and right. just kind of moving on. When you're on autopilot and you can't really think straight, that you're just going and mm-hmm. going, and you're like kind of zoning out. Mm-hmm. Huh. Who's Olsen? It's one of the other walkers. Uh, okay. The main character is this guy, Garrity, who is this mm-hmm. 16-year-old boy, I believe. Mm-hmm. And um, he kind of just befriends all these people around him. And they mm-hmm. make cliques and, you know, Which alliances. is kind of unusual because everyone's in a competition. Like mm-hmm. I said a while back, don't get attached. Cause, you know, <laughs> it doesn't really uh-huh. end well for anyone. Uh-huh. But, you know, it's kind of inevitable, I guess, you know, being right. human that you want someone to talk to. Initially. You're going to bond with other people. Yeah, and right. even initially when they were talking, when they were trying to, you know work together and be friendly was like you know let's entertain each other you know mm-hmm. just for the heck of it because they all know that it's not going to end well right, either right. way but you know people get attached mm-hmm. and that's also right there for you mm-hmm. can you tell us more about Garrity so he's the main character mm-hmm. right what else do we know about Garrity not much I don't think it doesn't really go into his backstory he's just they're all very like all American boys and that's one thing I actually kind of liked about the story is that there's no like clear villain there is antagonists but there's no guy who's like mustache twirling evil or anything like that Uh they just seem like just regular boys they form cliques and stuff like that and i think a lot of what stephen king was trying to show was especially like young men volunteering for like war especially this was right after vietnam as well Mm. and they have no idea what they're getting into Mm, and especially at this age they just think oh we should just go for it and then the way they kind of interact with each other the way they kind of make friendships with each other Mm. is actually very natural in this book right it must have resonated very strongly with the readers mm-hmm. right, right. there are boys that are very likable they're very cute and adorable it's just so sad that you would have to get to know them in this kind of circumstance because you're gonna get attached and you don't want to <laughs> get attached it's not a good thing <laughs> <sighs> so what excerpt do you have for us today grace can you I, tell us where it's from it's actually from i believe like the first i don't know maybe a first quarter or so of the book it's mm-hmm. about after when they were talking about 
uh, they're then possibly getting a break from the walking, but then mm-hmm. it didn't really push through. So they just had to keep on walking. Okay. And this is between uh, this what one of the other friends that you get attached to, I'm sure, if you read the book. Uh-huh. Uh, it's by <laughs> Peter McVries. McVries? It looks like fries. It looks okay. like fries with a V. So yes, I'm going to say fries. Yeah. yeah. So if ever this is going to be edited out, we're, I'm just going to pretend that I said it right the first time, which is Peter <laughs> McVries. One more time. Peter McVries, a friend of the main character here. It says that walk or die, that's the moral of the story. Simple as that. It's not survival of the physically fittest. If it was, I'd have a fair chance. But there are weak men who can lift cars if their wives were pinned underneath the brain. It isn't man or God. It's something in the brain. I'm not tired, not really tired yet, but I will be. And I think when I get tired enough, I think I'll just sit down. And that's what he says. Are you holding back tears right now? <laughs> it kind of sounds like it. Oh. No, because when I was reading through this, the, it kind of bothered me because he was saying it such a matter-of-factly when you know that he's talking about something so much deeper. Mm-hmm. Don't get attached, Grace. Don't get attached. <laughs> so yeah, this, this kind of stuck to me because it kind of sounds like they're making it so, so simple, this concept of you know, sitting down. Mm-hmm. But you know, sitting down is a very simple action that you can do, but we know what's going to happen. If you sit down, you get a warning a second a third and right. then you buy a ticket quote unquote mm-hmm. and you can just sit forever and right. no longer walk mm-hmm. what do you make of these euphemisms i mean that came up a lot in the hunger games as well like buy a ticket euphemism mm-hmm. for death what do you make of these things i feel like it's kind of i don't know maybe it's a way to lighten the whole situation like right. you know make it the, the gravity of the situation you can't really say that someone mm-hmm. died you know right. you just buy a ticket make it sound very voluntary which it isn't mm-hmm. and T- I take the emotion out of it right? which is why I'm not actually a big fan of the book itself because <laughs> okay. I feel like uh, like personally I want to be a very happy-go-lucky person mm-hmm. and I know that everything isn't as right. happy and rainbows and butterflies and whatnot right. but there's so much sadness in the world that's the problem <laughs> I do not want to see that and okay. this book is showing it to me in these euphemisms that okay. you know trick me into thinking that no it's a good thing no it's not it's kind of you know that's why it kind of it makes you think and it makes you think a lot and sometimes most of the time it's surrendered to be good but mm-hmm. overthinking can be not so healthy for my happy happy self okay right it's definitely desensitizing you like the hunger games hey it's a uh-huh. game it sounds fun like exactly like that right the title was very misleading right. i mean there was hunger so yeah. so i figured somebody's going to be hungry oh, in the just games. like kids yeah. eating like a big turkey leg you imagine you know, like, maybe thing. like a food a food war you know yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> who's the yeah, fastest yeah. food eater but no it's totally different um, you said earlier, Amos, that uh, the walkers may bring anything they can carry, including food and additional clothing, but they cannot receive aid from bystanders. So there's actually spectators in this thing? Yes, people. Oh, this my is a goodness. big event. Every year, people come together. Um, when they pass through their hometowns, especially, uh-huh. everybody comes out and they go, oh, there's our boys walking. Everyone's cheering them on. Mm-hmm. And yeah, people just love watching this happen. And it's mm-hmm. it's one of those things, like, like the idea later on, this was, of course, before the the Hunger Games that it brings everybody together to watch this kind of blood now sport I'm happen. starting to wonder if this book was the inspiration for the Hunger Games a lot of people I think do find that connection because I think the Hunger Games kind of blew up before this because uh-huh. there is the movie yet so we don't know yet mm. but a lot of mm. people did say that sounds awfully familiar Hunger uh-huh. Games but this was written like and like 20 30 40 years before right. mm-hmm. the whole idea is kind of what you mentioned a while back Jamie it's like a marathon people are cheering them through but the weird thing is there are so many people that are you know uh-huh. not gonna make it and hear right. those you know cheers mm-hmm 
it's it's horrible. <laughs> but anyway, going back to my my question before I got flabbergasted by the fact that there were bystanders, <laughs> spectators. What would you bring if you were a walker? I would just. Dope myself up with performance-enhancing drugs the entire time. <laughs> that would just let me power through. I don't think there's. It doesn't actually specifically say any rules against that. So uh-huh. I would just like just be huge and angry the entire time and just okay. power through. And okay. I think that would give me a huge advantage over everybody else because it's uh-huh. it's life or death. So that sounds okay. like one of the characters who is not really like that much. Who was like, you know, I'm gonna dance on all of you and I will win. And you know, he wasn't liked very much. Yeah, that would be me. Okay, <laughs> but I'd be huge. I'd have huge lats. Okay. <laughs> What happened to that character, or is that um, giving away the ending? Well, he had no friends. Let's just leave it at that. He didn't okay. really have a lot of close friends because he was uh-huh. being mean to everyone. He was like trying to pick fights and kind of working with other people's minds, you know. And uh, yeah, he didn't have a lot of friends. I'll leave it at okay. that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What about you, Grace? What would you bring? I don't want to join. <laughs> But okay, if I had to, you would bring not yourself. Yeah, you know, I okay. would probably bring a double. But then, then I'd feel bad. Then the For guilt the would, double? Yeah, I'd be all oh, guilty. Goodness. You know, okay, if I had to join by m- myself and I had to bring something, uh, maybe I'd maybe bring like one of those hallucinative drugs. Uh-huh. You know, so that I wouldn't. I You're wouldn't, both gonna bring drugs because <laughs> I don't want to do this in like the right mind. Okay, stronger, like, better, faster. <laughs> but me, I'm totally the opposite. I'm like slower and number. <laughs> That's me. That's my kind of drug because okay. I don't want to. I don't think I could be able to rent. You know, go through the physical and the emotional pain mm-hmm. in like sober because mm-hmm. you could see that there's a lot of difficulty. You can't even sleep. You have to mm-hmm. like walk while you're sleeping. You mm-hmm. have to walk while you're peeing and doing all of it. You have to be keep. You have to keep walking. And I'm not an active person. Right. You know, I'd rather just lie down and not do anything. I could live like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, this one, I don't think I could be very well thought out. I have to. I don't want to join. <laughs> okay. <laughs> don't make me. No. I would also not want to be in my right mind, and this is so nerdy, so nerdy. I cannot believe I'm about to say this, but I think I will bring a book of sonnets by Shakespeare. I cannot believe I, I cannot believe these words came out of that, my mouth. This sounds very romantic, though. Would you hold it in front of you as you're walking? No, I'll memorize the sonnets oh. and walk in the rhythm of the iambic pentameter. Okay. Whoa. Oh. Huh. That, but the book, but the book right. could get very heavy very quick. <laughs> My producer's laughing right now. I don't know if you can hear it, but she's just cracking up. She's, she's shaking her head. Like, yeah, that sounds perfect to be mm-hmm. the host of this book. Yes, yes. yes. I cannot You're believe perfect. I actually said that. But there it is. That's what I would bring. Mm-hmm. Book Yay. of Sonnets by Shakespeare. So there's a prize at the end mm-hmm. if you if you make it to the end, right? Right. Mm. So what is it? Uh, they don't actually tell you what it is. It's just okay. called "quote unquote" the prize. It's basically do you, you get, get to live? You, you well, obviously <laughs> yes. you live, and you get whatever you want <laughs> for the rest of your life. Yes, is okay. basically, and that's pretty vague. Uh-huh. It could be anything, I guess. <laughs> okay, so like three wishes, a genie, maybe on a bottle, but only one, You're only right. one. Yeah, you, okay. get, you you can't do the "I want two more wishes" thing. I don't right. think that's how it works. You get a wish. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what would you want? Um, probably like a lot of money, I guess, uh-huh. like a million billion kajillion dollars, and okay. then I'd use that to maybe help people out and mm. continue on and you know get endorsement deals as the guy who <laughs> won won the long walk. Very realistic, actually. Yes. Huh? Right, right. That yeah. that is very realistic. What about you, Grace? Um, peace on earth and goodwill to men. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you know. I don't know. I think I just want. I don't know. I think if I do get a prize, I think I'll just be happy 
by being there and surviving that I don't mm-hmm. think I had have the right mind to actually think of something concrete. Okay. But you know, money sounds good. Yeah. I mm-hmm. could take that. That could that, that could work. Okay. A lot though. A lot. A lot. A lot. Mm-hmm. lot. I would want the Flash from Men in Black. Like the uh, memory erasing yes. thing? <laughs> I oh, would okay. like that memory completely wiped right. from my brain. But everyone would know you for that because you would have the prize. You're, you're, everyone would be like, aren't you the person? Aren't you? You're the... Yeah, congratulations. Everyone would do that. You'd be known as that mm-hmm. person. And would well, you want to remember this as no, well? No, I think, I think I would want to get rid of that traumatic memory. <laughs> what if it was glorious because you won? Yeah. Well, gets you thinking. You I think I'll cross that bridge when I get to it, and I hope that I never have to get to that bridge. It's true. Same. Mm-hmm. Same. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that brings us to the end of this episode. Well, thank you, Amos and Grace, so much for coming in today, and enjoy your Sunday. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. As for our listeners, please enjoy It's a Beautiful Day by Michael Bublé. And when we come back, it will be time for a must-read Korean book. I don't know why you think that you could hold me when you couldn't get by by yourself And I don't know who would ever want to tell the scene of someone's dream (laughs) 